Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Did you know Black and White Sports is the number one conservative sports entity on YouTube with over 35 million views? Make sure you subscribe here to the podcast available anywhere. Quality podcasts are available. Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Anchor, and Spotify, and many others. Hit subscribe now. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Good morning, black and white sports fans, and we are back with another video with an Olympic update. The U.S. women's national soccer team, they played very early this morning. Actually, Tess Rose last night. I was like, man, be on the lookout. The women's soccer team, the women that absolutely love to kneel for the national anthem and tell you how bad this country is. There's a possibility that they can actually lose to Canada. In the semifinals of the Tokyo Games. And guess what, guys? It happened. It happened. Team USA loses one to nothing. One to nothing to Canada. The women's national soccer team couldn't even score a goal. I said it before, guys. When you're more concerned about other stuff that has nothing to do with the game, you're not going to be focused. And we've seen that. There's a reason why I believe that the U.S. men's uh, basketball team, they've lost quite a few games because their coach, Greg Popovich, and the players, you know, they're more concerned about other stuff that has nothing to do with the game. But this was a devastating loss for the women. There will be no gold medal for the U.S. women's national soccer team. I wonder what Megan Rapinoe actually has to say about this. Check this out. Tokyo Olympics live updates. Canada hands USWNT shocking loss. And Simone Biles also returns on the balance beam. I guess we'll probably talk about that in another video. But check this out, guys. The U.S. Women's National Team was stunned in the Olympic soccer tournament semifinals by familiar foe Canada. A 74th minute goal was the lone score of the contest to give Canada a 1-0 win. The loss is only the second time the USWNT has not qualified for the Olympic final since the sport was added in 1996. In 61 prior meetings, the USWNT has lost to Canada only 10 times. And this loss was the team's first to Canada since 2001. Man, guys, it's been 20 years, 20 years, and now the U.S. women lose to Canada. This is epic. But it says um, the U.S. WNT still has a chance to win an Olympic medal when they face the loser of Sweden versus Australia 
in the bronze medal match. Epic. Epic. And you can actually see here, guys, Carly Lord right here reacting to losing to Canada and the Olympics. Sitting down on the ball. Unbelievable, guys. Unbelievable. I, I kind of predicted that this could actually happen. I told Rhodes, be on standby. It could happen. And guys, it did happen. Team USA's women's soccer team, they have lost. They've lost. There will be no gold medal for them. There will be no silver medal for them. They may. And that's just a maybe. They may get a bronze. At least they have a shot shot at the bronze. But this is a stunning shocker right here. Team USA goes out in flames. And you know what, guys? Not many people are even rooting for Team USA. It's very hard to root for athletes that don't respect the country that they are supposed to be representing. This is why this Olympics, their TV ratings are in the trash. We Americans don't like our athletes to be unpatriotic, especially when they're supposed to be representing this country. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Team USA women's soccer team loses one to nothing. No gold medal. No silver medal. Maybe a bronze is still on the horizon. This is epic. I love this. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Oh, I'm so glad I get to talk about this. The other day, I got to make the video when the U.S. women's soccer team took that big old boom L to Sweden the other day. And it seems this morning, John Matrix did a video. They took another L, this time to those mother Canuckers up in Canada. Well, the activist mob, the activist, the head leader of the LGBT LMNOP community, the alphabet mob has come out and made some comments about how terrible it is that they dropped this game. Possibly, possibly if you and the rest of your activist friends were a little bit more engaged in actual sports instead of in politics, maybe you would be putting forth a better effort. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, and judging by the comments, many of you, no wonder the Olympics ratings are terrible. You guys are not watching, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It is so strange. Honestly, it's pathetic that we've gotten to the point that these athletes feel so anti-American that you absolutely do not want to pull for them. You're not pulling for any country. It's sad. The Olympics used to be a slam dunk. It used to be one of the biggest times that the entire country came together and felt patriotic. And now you got people out there that are crapping on the American flag. This is terrible. 
Let's get to Megan Rapino's comments. Good old purple hair. Uh, not the last Jedi, but Admiral Purple Hair, Megan Rapino, on U.S. women's soccer's Olympic loss to Canada. Quote, it sucks. Megan Rapino and the U.S. women's soccer team were stunned in the Tokyo Olympic semifinals against Canada and will compete for a bronze medal instead of gold. Canada, Canada. Canada defeated the U.S. one to nothing thanks to Jesse Fleming's goal from a penalty shot. While the U.S. controlled possession for the entire match, the Americans could not get a shot past goalkeeper Stephanie Lab. Rapino admitted the loss was tough. Quote, it's terrible. We just didn't have it today. Just too many errors from us again. I felt like the space was there for us to play. We just couldn't get into it. Too many touches are, you know, an errant touch, she said via the Marxist ESPN of China. That's football. They got, I think, one shot on goal, a PK. And for what it sounds like, it was a PK. So, yeah, it's a bitter one to swallow. Obviously, we never want to lose to Canada. I don't think I've ever lost to Canada. Well, you have lost to Canada now, Megan. So it's a bitter one. Obviously, there's still a lot to compete for. That's what I told the girls, and we talked about it in the huddle. It's not the color we want, but there's still a medal on the line. That's a huge thing, and we want to win that game. But yeah, this this sucks. It sucks. You suck, Megan. It was Canada's first win against the U.S. since March 2001. Is that a joke? Oh, God. It will be the first time Canada will compete for a gold medal in women's soccer. I'm going to pull for Canada here. The team did not qualify for the Olympics in 96, 2000, or 2004. The team finished 8th in 2008 and won a bronze. Well, at least you won a bronze in 2012 and 2016. Megan Rapinoe's making them sound like they're the worst team ever. They meddled in the last two Olympics. That's sort of disrespectful, Megan. Canada also made it to the quarterfinals in the 2015 Women's World Cup and the round of 16 in the 2019 World Cup and had never finished higher than fourth place in the event. The U.S. failed to score anything against Lab or Lab. The U.S. had 56% possession time, six shots on goal compared to Canada's 44% and only two shots on goal. Wow. The U.S. looked shaky during Olympic play. The team lost 3-0 to Sweden in its opener, beat New Zealand, and then tied Australia. The U.S. needed penalties to defeat the Netherlands before playing Canada. Well, so they're out. Megan Rapinoe seems kind of upset, I guess. Uh, now she maybe won't be able to do whatever she had planned protest to protest on the uh, actual podium when she got up there. I don't know. I have no idea if they took a knee prior to this game. I didn't look. Maybe they did. Uh, but once they got on the field and the game started playing, it seemed they decided to take a knee out there and also take the L. Pathetic. I said it the other day. I'm going to say it again. 
if these athletes didn't have everything else on their mind besides love a country and and the will to compete at the highest level in sport on behalf of country, they had no business being out there. That's my feeling. That's how I feel about it. It feels like all of these people have something else on their mind. Megan Rapino and the U.S. women's soccer team, Simone Biles, Team USA getting whacked in those exhibition games and then their first basketball game. It seems all these Olympians are concerned about something other than winning on behalf of this proud United States of America. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Sorry, Megan. Guess you're going to have to dye your hair a different color this time. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for our black and white sports. We're going to talk about Simone Biles. As it seems like she has decided she's going to go out there and attempt to compete in some Olympic events. Imagine that. You go to the Olympics and all of a sudden you're going to be praised for actually doing the thing that you decided you were supposed to be going over there to do to begin with. Uh, I don't find this courageously brave and stunning. Uh, I'm sorry. I kind of look at this as you're going out to do the job you were supposed to be doing to begin with. But nevertheless, let's get to this story as she seems to be. And of course, this will be celebrated everywhere. Simone Biles to compete in the balance beam finals after withdrawing from multiple events, a.k.a. quitting. Simone Biles is set to compete on the balance beam after pulling out of three individual finals at Tokyo Olympics. Biles and Sonny Lee are supposed to compete in the balance beam event on Tuesday. U.S. Gymnastics confirmed both competitors will be in the event finals. Quote, we are so excited to confirm that you will see two U.S. athletes in the balance beam final tomorrow. Sonny Lee and Simone Biles. I can't wait for both of you to watch, the organization tweeted, USA Gymnastics. Biles skipped the vault in uneven bars after she stunned the world by pulling out of the team all-around and individual all-around competition, citing mental health reasons. Quote, after further consultation with my medical staff, Biles withdrew from the two events and will continue to be evaluated for the balance beams and floor exercises. U.S. Gymnastics said in a statement Saturday about the bars and vault. We remain in awe of Simone, who continues to handle this situation with courage, grace, and all of the athletes who have stepped up during these unexpected circumstances. Biles finished seventh with a 14.066 in the balance beam qualification round. Lee finished third with a 14.022. China has three competitors that could medal in the final apparatus event. Biles won a bronze on the balance beam in 2016. So, are we going to go out there and... I find this interesting, too. 
Did you notice they tweeted this out and said, I hope everybody watches? Guys, don't think for a second that in this day and time, NBC is not putting some pressure on U.S. competitors and U.S. uh, Olympic team members in order to try to save something that resembles an actual TV rating. As we know, the Olympics is down like 50%. And these advertisers did a story the other day about advertisers. They're having to do free makeup ads. In other words, oh, we didn't draw enough viewers. We'll give you another free ad so we can try to make those viewers up. Pretty embarrassing for an Olympics. And one of the things that has come out is the fact that advertisers are really concerned about what's supposed to be marquee competitors like Simone Biles deciding not to compete, and they're freaking out. Well, uh, you notice they tweeted that out, and they said, we can't wait for you guys to watch. Yeah, I bet you can't wait. You're hoping and praying that event draws TV ratings to get people in since she's going to compete. Now, the other thing is, Look, if you're taking mental health days or you're having a bad uh, mental picture, and okay, if you are, that's it is what it is. But if you're taking these days off, how do you know you're going to be mentally in the right place two, two days, three days before an event starts? How do you know you're going to be at that moment in time in a good or better mental framework? And how is it that you were in a... Uh, a bad mental framework four days ago, but three three days from now, you're okay. That's really, really strange, and it, it's, it seems suspect to me. It feels like Simone, I'm just going to be real, just didn't want to compete in, in certain events. For whatever reason, she decided to check out and quit those events. And like I've said... If you wasn't prepared, even with the extra year of getting ready because of the the Wuhan pandemic, then why bother to make the trip to begin with? Let some other USA proud American USA competitor come over here. We hope they're proud anyway. Um, We've seen all this repugnant behavior with protesting, and I've got another video coming on that now. so you you could have let somebody else come over here and taken your spot, not made an alternate step up to try to uh, handle it, or the alternate could have been the first going, and then there could have been another uh, alternate or another person that got an opportunity to be here in your place. If you wasn't, no matter what, she cost somebody one spot. No matter what, in those certain events, she cost somebody a spot. Uh, even if it was an alternate. So I'm sorry. I don't find this uh, motivating to get me in front of the TV to watch her compete. Uh, This doesn't do anything for me. Uh, I'm certainly not taking a page out of the mainstream media. I'm not going to celebrate this as courageous or brave or stunning or any of the possible things that uh, Twitter or any of those other social media spheres want you to try to tag this on. Uh, you know, I mean, all these all these media outlets are, have done nothing but praise somebody that just drug up and walked away. And I'm sorry, but in Texas, you don't do that and you don't get praised for doing it, okay? 
So tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Simone Biles is going to bless us with her presence. Okay, whatever. Peace. I'm out. Till next. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use mump fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup, add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee, mix it up, use whipped cream, sugar, mop fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi coffee delivered to you today. First, here's a word from today's sponsor. Friends, I'm very concerned about food shortages coming to America. No, not local or short-lived shortages. I'm talking about a national food shortage that will affect everyone, everywhere, for a very long time. Would you be ready if that happened? Probably not. That's why I urge you to get some long-term storage emergency food from my friends at My Patriot Supply. They're the original Patriot Survival Company. Over the past decade, They've served millions of American families like yours. Their mission is your survival. And right now, you can save 25% on a four-week kit of emergency food that will save the day. Probably soon. This four-week kit has a wide variety of delicious food that provides over 2,000 calories per day. The right amount for optimum survival. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com so you can claim your four-week emergency food kit and save 25% in the process. Order a tasty starter kit for each member of your family, and they will ship everything quickly and discreetly to your door. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, Black and White Sports fans, we're going to be talking about the Tokyo Olympics again and Raven Saunders. We put up a video on her yesterday. She actually won a silver medal at the shot put in the Olympics. Now, the talking point wasn't actually her actually winning the silver. She won the silver. You know, that's great. She won the silver. But the talking point was what she did on the podium. And what she did on the podium, guys, was protested. And that is a clear violation of IOC rule number 50. Now, guys, I told you yesterday in the video that I don't have any any confidence in the IOC actually doing anything about this. But however, guys, the IOC is actually investigating her protests on the podium. 
Now, to me, that really isn't much of an investigation. She violated Rule 50 as clear as day. You know, she even came out and told you what she was actually doing. She threw up her arms in an ants to protest and represent uh, oppressed people coming together in the middle, violating rule number 50. This investigation should be pretty short, but are they actually still going to do anything about this? And also Raven Saunders has actually clapped back at the IOC investigating in a tweet. I mean, she believes this is pretty much a joke. So let's dive into this, guys. Let's check this out here on Fox News. Raven Saunders gesture gets support from USOPC. Athlete challenges IOC to take medal. So she's out there on Twitter and we're going to show you the tweet here challenging the IOC to take a medal. And guys, I believe that any athlete that protests on the podium and violates Rule 50 should have their medal stripped away. But however, the IOC doesn't actually specify what the penalty is. I believe they actually should have came out with solid rules that aren't open to debate. If you protest, if you violate Rule 50, then you will lose your medal. But let's go ahead. Let's check this out, guys. Raven Saunders X gesture during the shot put medal ceremony at the Tokyo Olympics, quote, was respectful of her competitors and did not violate our rules related to demonstration. The U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee said Monday. What? It didn't violate the rules? Guys, it's clear as day. IOC Rule 50 says you cannot protest on the podium. She did that. So. How did it not actually violate the rules? This doesn't make any sense, but let's move on. The USOPC said it was in discussion with the IOC and World Athletics, which governs the sport, over the gesture. IOC spokesman Mark Adams told reporters Monday the organization was in contact with the USOPC over the gesture. Quote, as with all delegations, Team USA is governed by the Olympic Charter and rules set forth by the IOC for Tokyo 2020, the USOPC said in a statement via Rudders. Per the USOPC's delegation terms, the USOPC conducted its own review and determined that Raven Saunders' peacefully, peaceful expression in support of racial and social justice that happened at the conclusion of the ceremony was respectful of her competitors and did not violate our rules related to demonstration, close quote. But it was still a protest. You are not allowed to protest anything on the podium. I mean, the USOPC, they're trying to protect Raven Saunders, but the IOC has rules in place. It goes on. It says the IOC had relaxed some of its rules regarding protests and political gestures at the Olympics, but still barred demonstrations during medal ceremonies. The USOPC said it would not sanction athletes who demonstrated on the podium. Well, that's you, the USOPC, but the IOC put the rules in place and this was a clear violation. However, guys, Raven Saunders clapped back and even challenged the IOC to come and take her medal. She put this out on Twitter. She says, let them try and take this medal. I'm running across the border, even though I can't swim. 
with a laughing, crying emoji. She thinks this is a joke. If the IOC strips her of her medal, what is she going to say then? I already know what's going to happen, man. The race card is going to be played. The mainstream media is backing Raven Saunders because, you know, the mainstream media does not care about the rules. It is all about a narrative. She clearly violated the rules. She knew this herself. And I'm pretty sure that the USOPC even knows this is a rules violation. They know that. She knows that. But they're going to have the mainstream media backing them on this. So that's why I'm still not sure the IOC will actually end up punishing her at the end of the day, even though it's a clear violation of Rule 50. Why make rules if you don't enforce the rules? Why make rules if you don't have penalties for rule violations? But we'll have to see what actually happens here. We have to see what happens. I mean, this is going to end up being probably a PR nightmare for the IOC because the mainstream media is going to back any type of social justice protests, even if it violates any type of rules. We know that, guys. We know that. She was on the podium with her hands in the air, throwing up in nets, violating Rule 50. But the mainstream media is silent. And the USOPC is trying to protect her as well. But Mr. Bach, who is actually in charge of the IOC, you need to do your job. I mean, if you don't penalize her in some kind of way for doing a protest on the podium, you have just opened up Pandora's box. You're basically saying we have the rules, but we're not going to enforce the rules. We're just going to let you get away with this. And I believe that sets a very, very bad precedent for future Olympics. I really, really do. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, Raven Saunders, basically threatening the IOC. Hey, come and try to take my medal. But what if she actually does end up losing the medal? Something's telling me nothing's going to happen still. I'm going to stick by my guns with this. This actually just may end up being a sham investigation because it is clear as day. Raven Saunders violated IOC Rule 50 by protesting on the podium. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, Black and White Sports fans, we're going to be talking about Laurel Hubbard here in this video. Going into the Tokyo Games, Laurel Hubbard was one of the names that many people were actually talking about in these Tokyo Games because Laurel, Laurel Hubbard, there was a lot of controversy with Laurel Hubbard actually being a part of these games because Laurel Hubbard is a biological man that identifies as a woman. And Laurel Hubbard was representing Australia in the weightlifting competition. And boy, there was a lot of controversy behind this move. 
allowing a biological male to compete against females. Many have said it's unfair, and I'm one of those. I believe it is completely unfair. But however, guys, Laurel Hubbard's run at the Olympics is over. I mean, over, completely over. It ended very, very quickly because Laurel Hubbard failed on all three attempts in weightlifting. Guys, I'm not lying. I'm, I'm absolutely shocked by this, to tell you the truth. Laurel Hubbard was only there, not even today. And now Laurel Hubbard is going home. Check this out. Laurel Hubbard, transgender weightlifter, ets his Olympics competition early after failing on all three attempts. And actually in this uh, column right here, it actually breaks down all of the attempts. And I didn't actually see any of the attempts because I knew that Laurel Hubbard was going to be competing. But I didn't expect uh, Laurel Hubbard to flame out this fast. And guys, it happened. It says here, Laurel Hubbard, a transgender weightlifter from New Zealand. I believe I said Australia. I guess I'm in New Zealand. Was knocked out of the women's 87 plus kilogram competition early after failing on all three of her attempts. Hubbard failed on her first attempt to get 120 kilograms above her head, bailing out early. On her second attempt at 125 kilograms, she was able to get the weight up and pumped up her fists after after insatisfaction. However, judges ruled it to be and no lift. <laughs> Go figure. She returned quickly with another attempt at 125 kilograms, only to fail to stand up with the weight above her head. Hubbard was the only one of the 13 finalists to not compete, complete at least one lift. So check this out, guys. A biological male here, the only biological male, could not complete one single lift. All of the other uh, females, they were able to do it. Guys, maybe you don't believe in some kind of a divine intervention. Some of you maybe do. I'm not trying to get religious on this. But man, this does make you, make you think that uh, the man upstairs was probably playing a role in all of this. Because I've been clear. I believe this is unfair. But maybe there was actually some divine intervention in this because Laura Hubbard now is going home, going home. It says here after the bar fell to the ground, she patted her chest and made a heart out of her hands as a signal to those in attendance and presumably anyone watching around the world. Quote, thank you so very much for your interest in my humble sporting performance tonight. Hubbard said to the media. I know from a sporting perspective, I did not live up to the standards I put upon myself. Hubbard went on to thank fans in New Zealand, the Japanese people, and a number of sports organizations, including the Federal, the Federal Federation of International Gymnastics and the New Zealand Olympic Committee. Quote, I know my participation in these games has not been entirely without controversy. Well, that's an understatement. Hubbard said, mentioning some, quote, quite difficult times. She didn't praise the International Olympic Committee for letting her compete here. Now, 
going forward, there's going to be some changes, actually, when it comes to transgenders participating in the Olympics. There's something about outdated science, I believe. That's what I heard. I'm not going to go into all of the details here uh, right now in this video, but we'll actually have to see what happens going forward. But guys, what do you think of this? Laurel Hubbard flames out in in a pathetic performance to be to tell you the truth there. Didn't even complete a single lift on all three tries. Now, Laurel Hubbard actually broke all of the records in New Zealand of a champion weightlifter. But but once Laurel Hubbard got to the Olympics, couldn't even complete a single lift. Very, very interesting, guys. Very, very interesting. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Laurel Hubbard going home. Couldn't even complete a single lift. And maybe this is just the way it was supposed to be. Because I don't believe that a biological male should be competing against biological women. I believe it's unfair. But there was probably some divine intervention in this, to tell you the truth. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. We're going to talk more about this rumor going around out there. ESPN reported yesterday that Austin, Texas, supposedly, was in play for the Buffalo Bills, provided the Buffalo Bills could not get 100% of taxpayers' money to pay for a new stadium. Well, it seems that story has evolved. I've got another video coming after this regarding, regarding this whole issue. And yesterday I brought up a couple of other cities. I've got a little bit more on that. Uh, because there are several cities that might potentially be in play for the Bills. Now, I'm going to be the first to tell you, I hope I hope the Bills stay in Buffalo, okay? Uh, I know I'm in Texas. I get it. It would kind of be nice to have a team down around San Antonio, uh, maybe to go down and check out. I said yesterday, Texans would absolutely love Josh Allen. They would embrace him. He would probably immediately become the quarterback of Texas. I mean, you know. No disrespect to Dak Prescott. I actually like Dak a lot, to be honest with you. I think he's a little better than people tend to give him credit for. But Josh Allen is on the verge of absolute superstardom. Okay? Uh, so, Texas would embrace Josh Allen. Make no mistake. And, and certainly Cole Beasley. We would take him back right now. Uh, let's get to this because it seems that this whole move is... News to Austin, at least to these city council members, as it seems, they have taken a break from their busy schedule of trying to defund the police without getting into politics on this channel. Uh, Austin city council members not aware of Bill's move.
All right. And, guys, we all know a lot of this is a leverage play by way of the Pagulas who own the Bills. If Austin is a potential destination for the Buffalo Bills, and, of course, this is from Florio, that's news to the powers that be in Austin. Ryan Atolo of the Austin American Statesman has spoken with multiple members of the Austin City Council. And they said that Sunday's report from Seth Wickersham of ESPN as a potential destination for the Bills is the, is the first they've heard of it. This would mean that the potential move to the bill uh, for the Bills to Austin is at least now a leverage play to get public funding with the Bills. That doesn't mean it can't become something more than that. But obviously, if team owners Terry and Kim Pagula want to get the attention of the politicians in Erie County and New York, they have to have a plan B. The fact that the plan B is not yet viable doesn't matter. It's no surprise. In in any negotiation, leverage is needed. If the Bills have no alternative to Buffalo, they have no real leverage. Also, somebody brought up in the comments section, and I don't know how viable this is. I know they've had to go up there and play at times. Somebody brought up Toronto. For now, then, it appears to be part of an effort to maximize public money for a new stadium. The Pagulas have proposed that the venue will be fully funded by taxpayer money. That surely isn't happening. It's not going to happen. To get, for example, 50% of the project paid by the public, they need to start higher than that, asking for 100% obviously is as high as it gets. The broader reality is that the cat is now out of the bag. So whether it's Austin or somewhere else, any other city that covets an NFL franchise now knows the Buffalo Bills could be in play. Those cities have to ask themselves whether they're willing to be a pawn in a game they can't win or whether they can indeed put a package together that can get the attention of the Pagulas. Where it goes from here remains to be seen. However, the time has come for folks in western New York to ponder the possibility of a, quote, or else destination emerging. And if another city uh, will do that, which Buffalo, Erie County, and New York won't do, some difficult decisions may need to be made. It's unfortunate. It, and, and he goes on to talk about the reality of the NFL. Absolutely. I mean, this, look, nobody thought this stuff was possible in other avenues like Oakland, St. Louis to L.A., and some of these other places, San Diego, and Lord knows, honestly, the Chargers should still be in San Diego. I I think that was a terrible move. And this is from OutKick. With additional metropolitan cities keen on acquiring an NFL franchise, including... Orlando, we talked about Orlando yesterday, Sacramento, and Portland. God, I can't imagine an NFL team wanting to move to that dumpster fire. The Bills pool of potential buyers should intrigue an exodus per the ownership's announcement, despite the news uh, sounding more like vapid, a, a vapid ultimatum. The pressure falls on New York State to find comprehensive funding uh to, uh, to fulfill the bill's ownership request for an upgrade. Yeah, and uh, look, 
I talked yesterday about San Antonio, okay? And I I expanded a little bit about Orlando. There was a now defunct league called the American the Alliance of American Football, the AAF. And while the attendance in that league didn't perform well in most cities, it absolutely overperformed in San Antonio, Texas, and in Orlando, Florida. Those two cities are desperate for pro football, for NFL football. They would love it, and they would sell that state, both of those stadiums out. It wouldn't even be a question, and my gut feeling is those two cities would pay handsomely to get the NFL. So there's going to be some real competition whether or not San Antonio and Austin would put something together, split the difference, where both cities could partake in that as a team. Um, Now, San Antonio and Austin are further apart than Dallas and Fort Worth, but you get the point, okay? That stadium would sell out immediately. Season tickets, you name it. Uh, That's a threat. That is a real threat provided they can't get the funding that they want there. So now there's another avenue at play with San Antonio and Austin and the Bills, and I'll do a video on that here very shortly because there's a couple of entities, one in particular that's very powerful, that would probably keep that from happening. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. Yesterday, the news broke that the Buffalo Bills uh, story came out. The Buffalo Bills and the Pakulas would love to see the taxpayers in New York pay for 100% of a new stadium with taxpayer money. Well, not long after that, a report came out, and there was a rumor that evidently the Buffalo Bills in Austin, Texas, had been flirting with each other. That's right, a relocation of the Bills to Austin, Texas. Well, there's a couple of things that could put that sort of a move in peril. Number one, let's be honest, uh, it's going to be a leverage move by the Buffalo Bills to try to get the taxpayers up in the New York area to pay for a new stadium. However, there is a couple of things. Number one, we can just flat out say, Austin is a viable location along with San Antonio, especially San Antonio. They love pro football there. As as the example of the Alliance of American Football sold out games, we're talking 21,000 sold out to see an AEF game. Well, it would make sense that uh, the Buffalo Bills or any NFL team that might have to eventually move would take a hard look at Austin, Texas, at San Antonio, at that little area between San Antonio and Austin. There's too much space in there to call it Dallas-Fort Worth, 
but you get the point. They could drop it somewhere in there, and they would absolutely sell out on season tickets, and it would be a packed house. They would love to have football down there. However, the biggest fly in the ointment, and we always know, honestly, the most powerful man in all of football, and a lot of people want to say, well, it's Roger Goodell. It's the commissioner of the NFL. No, it's not. It's Dallas Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones. And he is the fly in the ointment. And it really and truly, it's probably the number one thing that would keep any third Texas team from coming into Texas. Unless somehow Jerry Jones could figure out how it would benefit his pocketbook, he's going to try his best to keep NFL teams out of Texas. Buffalo Bills threaten move to Cowboys country, Austin, Texas. Maybe the Buffalo Bills are serious about a move to Texas. Maybe it's just a leverage play, a threat. That's probably exactly what it is to help get public funding in upstate New York for a $1.5 billion stadium. By the way, Jerry Jones has his hands in this as well. We'll get to that. Or maybe it's just another way to, quote, keep Austin weird. An ownership source tells me that Austin is a possible destination or threat as one of the other cities elsewhere that desire an NFL franchise and would pay handsomely for it. In case you're wondering, Portland, Oregon, for some reason, Sacramento, and Orlando, Florida, that is a very viable place for pro football as well. They would sell that place out as well. How legitimate is that Buffalo Bills possibility? It's dubious for a number of reasons, one of which includes Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. NFL owners are, quote, territorial. Austin is part of Cowboys country, absolutely. The power of the Jones family and the Cowboys, the power both in the NFL and the political world, would likely prevent such an intrusion. Now, let's look at this. This is June 18th, 2021. Bills hired Jerry Jones' company for new stadium. The Buffalo Bills have hired Legends Global Sales and Global Planning Companies owned by Cowboys owner Jerry Jones to help build a new stadium. Interesting. The two companies will work towards the Pagula's efforts to build a stadium and to secure naming rights and sponsorships. The final plan for the type of stadium and exact location is to be determined. The story was originally reported by VenuesNow.com. That report says the Washington football team has hired the same agencies in their efforts to uh, also get a new stadium. While the Bills have not commented on a site for a new stadium, it appears it would be in the same general location as the current stadium. That was the ABC channel up in the Buffalo, New York area, or one of them. Uh, So, Jerry Jones has his hands... In this Buffalo Bills stadium situation already, his company is involved with building a new stadium. And it kind of makes you wonder, 
has Jerry Jones put, did he co-sign the idea of a rumor being floated out there of the Bills and Austin, Texas flirting with each other because Jerry Jones would be the biggest opposition outside of just flat New York wanting to keep the Bills. But for Austin, Jerry Jones would be the biggest opposition because far as he's concerned, Austin, Texas is Dallas Cowboys country. Okay. I find this very interesting. Now, you might be like, well, what does, what does moving truly have to do with Jerry Jones? Jerry Jones was involved with Stan Kroenke pulling the Rams out of St. Louis and going to L.A. He had a massive influence there from a business perspective. He also had influence on the Raiders leaving Oakland and going to Las Vegas. Massive ownership influence there by Jerry Jones from a dollars and cents standpoint. Okay, so when these teams start talking about moving, start looking around for Jerry Jones because he may be, he may have his head popping out of uh, the 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 hedge bushes, the shrubs, looking around, saying, "Oh, this got upside potential." The, Jerry Jones is involved with this new stadium build. So, if you're look Austin from a, the standpoint of finances. Yeah, would be a viable option. They would probably fully fund a stadium, if you want to know the truth. Uh, That Austin and San Antonio area, if they could work it out, especially together, it'd be a slam dunk. But Jerry Jones is going to put a block on that because he's going to be like, nope. Not to mention Kyle McNair with the Houston Texans isn't going to like it one bit, but he doesn't have nearly the clout that Jerry Jones has got. Jerry Jones, look, not only has he made billions of dollars for the Cowboys, he's made billions of dollars for the league, the NFL itself. So, by the way, on a side note, the Austin City Council said they know nothing about the Bills flirting with Austin. That's interesting. So that makes you believe that the Austin thing is strictly a leverage play, or they could be playing dumb. Knowing that City Council... Probably not a stretch. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, Black and White Live fans, it is NFL training camp. Training camp has begun for all teams and the Super Bowl defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in camp as well. Now, the quarterback of this team, we all know, is the GOAT. Seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady sits with New England and he turned the Buccaneers into Super Bowl champions the first year in Tampa Bay. Now, we're not even a weekend to uh, practice for training camp, and Tom Brady has exploded on his team. They're trying to win back-to-back Super Bowls, and Tom Brady, the expectation when you have Tom Brady on your team is to always win and try to win the Super Bowl 
every single year. Now, guys, we know that hasn't actually happened with uh, Tom Brady. He hasn't won the Super Bowl every year. But his mindset is we need to do what we need to do to be champions. Forget about last year. Yeah, we won the Super Bowl. That's fine. But this is another season right here. So as you can see here, it says Tom Brady throws helmet, slamming tantrum at Buccaneers practice. He blew up on his team, folks. He was not happy with the performance of his team. It says here the Buccaneers pursuit of a second consecutive Super Bowl title is off to a heated start. During training camp on Sunday, a botched two minute drill spurred frustration from Tom Brady, who is known to have a short temper after Taking a pair of sats and overthrowing the receiver, Brady slammed his helmet into the ground and punted the ball 40 yards to an adjacent field. Maybe Tom Brady actually has a future on special teams. I mean, this guy's about to be 44 tomorrow. Happy early birthday to Brady. 40 yards, 44 years old. Maybe he can actually um, play special teams. But let's give a little bit more context into this because Rich Road. On Twitter, actually posted this after completions to Miller, Evans and Bernard, two minute drive stops with a sack and a couple of incompletions. Tom Brady slams his helmet. Got to make a bleeping play when you're tired, fellas. I'm willing to bet he was dropping an F-bomb right there. And it even says it right here. But Bruce Arians kind of bats up on Tom Brady on this. He says, guys have to make plays. You're in a critical situation. You can't fall down. Brady gives you a chance to win the game. You've got to go down and win the game. I don't care how tired you are. We've got to be a much smarter football team. After watching practice, we made way too many mental errors. Of course. And the expectation when you have Tom Brady... It may not be perfection, but you better show up and do your job the best to your ability. No excuses. And if they're making mental errors this early in practice and training camp, they better correct that. Because um, you've heard of the uh, Super Bowl hangover, right? Doesn't exist with Tom Brady. You've actually seen teams that go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, and they may not even make the, uh, the playoffs next season. Or get bounced early in the playoffs. That's not the expectation when you have the GOAT as your quarterback. And the Buccaneers have brought all 22 starters back. That's the first time, I believe, in a salary cap era where a team has brought back all 22 starters. And if I'm not mistaken, I do believe that the Buccaneers are, are the actual favorites to actually win the Super Bowl again. I know Kansas City is in the midst. They may actually be ahead of uh, the Buccaneers. I'm not really sure. But man, Tom Brady throws his helmet and punts the ball 40 yards and then curses out his team. This is not surprising, man. I believe this is what makes Tom Brady being that Michael Jordan, when it, Michael Jordan category when it actually comes to the GOAT. He's not trying to be friends with any of his uh, teammates. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he gets along well because guys love, love, actually, absolutely love playing for Brady. But we've seen uh, players in the NBA, you know, they want to be buddy, buddy all the time. 
That's not Brady, even though he loves Gronk. But I'm pretty sure he'll call Gronk out, quit fast and in a hurry, if he's not performing up to par. So the Buccaneers, I'm pretty sure they'll get their act together. Some guys may be happy, you know, with their one uh, Super Bowl ring. But before last year, man, the Buccaneers had the worst winning percentage in the NFL for like the last 15 years or so. They weren't very good. So Tom Brady, Bruce Arians wants the team to actually move forward and get the best because they were the best team last year. And nobody's going to be taking it easy on the Buccaneers. All the teams in the NFL are going to be coming after the Bucs. I mean, Tom Brady is always used to having a target on his back, but maybe the other players, maybe they don't actually feel that way. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white live fans. Tom Brady explodes on his team and demands better. Not even a weekend to training camp. I'm pretty sure the Buccaneers are actually going to get things together. This is not really a surprise that uh, Tom Brady went off on his team, blows up, Throws his helmet. I mean, Tom Brady on the sideline was actually going off on his own coach in a game when he was in uh, New England. So I'm not surprised that he exploded on his teammates. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Live. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.